I'm Kira Rodenbush, professional organizer and licensed massage therapist. After spending a quarter of a century cleaning out closets and two decades of massaging bodies, I've noticed layers and patterns in the way we store our stuff. I've seen firsthand how the organization of the home impacts the condition of the body. I'm fascinated by the accumulation of stuff and how what we hold on to informs our identities and how much we can transform when we decide to let things go. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of What's Up With Your Stuff. Today, we have a delightful conversation with the charming and effervescent Pam Holland. I had so much fun talking to Pam, y'all. She is somebody who not only shares my passions in this world, but just her voice is like listening to honey dripping. It's just the the sweetest drawl, and she has such a kind and compassionate demeanor. I can only imagine that her clients must just get so much out of working with her. Um, I was looking, when I found Pam, I was looking for, I was, I have this idea about clearing out the home through the power centers that I'm sharing with you guys in real time as I'm putting it together. And how I'm crafting this will be its own follow-up session because it's a lot of information that I'm really excited to share with you guys. Um, but it really does deserve its own, like at least half hour where I get to kind of dive into what I'm working on and what I'm putting together and what I'm so excited to share with everybody who's listening to this everybody in my community, everybody in my healing community, everybody in my organizing community. It's just a really beautiful tapestry that I am, that I feel like I'm creating, co-creating with all of these other amazing practitioners and uh, professionals that have helped me get to this point. But um, without getting too much further into that, you're going to have to tune into another episode for that one. I want to introduce you guys to Pam Holland. Um, she is uh, an organizing maven, and I always love chatting with those because it, you just, like, no matter how long you've been doing it or how effective or efficient you are, I always feel like there's something to be learned from another professional who really appreciates the energy that they're shifting in someone's world as much as you do when you're doing it. So uh, without dragging this on too much further, I just want to take you right into this interview with Pam. She's amazing. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Thanks. I'm so excited to talk to you because like I've messaged you a couple of different times. I found your name when I was putting together the offering that I am still putting together. And I was looking through um, the internet, just combing frantically for anybody who did anything close to what I was wanting to do. Right. And I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty good little sleuth. And you were seriously the only person <laughs> that I could find that was coming up close to, oh, there you are. Let's get there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a group with my coach. I'll go on video now uh, with, with my uh, coach and, but she's doing this group thing and we were talking about, you know, what we're excited about. And I was telling them that, you know, that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And she was, she was talking about how, you know, I, I sort of did that shocker thing and then I let it go. Like I hadn't done anything with it. I felt like people, it didn't resonate to woo woo, you know, and yeah. you proved to me that at least one person it resonates Yay! with. <laughs> no, it, it definitely, like I, I, I received it and I was just so thrilled then to, to open up this conversation with somebody who clearly is aligned with me as far as the importance of addressing the power centers 
in the home and just the decluttering journey and how it manifests in our bodies as well and how we can find that everywhere. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm sitting here right now. I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm talking to Pam Holland of Mindful Decluttering and you're in Colorado. Is that right? I am. Okay, great. Yeah. And I was just telling Pam, I found you because I have had this vision that's been coming to me about, especially since the pandemic hit and drove everybody more into their homes. How can I, um, right before it hit, I was trying to come up with a practice that blended my passions of massage and organizing together, because I've found in the work that I've been able to do that if I could get my hands on people and massage them in the same week that I was working on their environments, mm. that getting the stuff out of their homes and then physically giving them massage would just sort of like bring the experience all the way back to our most sacred sanctuary, right? And it would help them to sort of release the stuff that they were letting go of in addition to it would make it easier for them to declutter their environments because they knew that they were getting some body work on the other end of it. And then they also had this, the ease with which they were able to receive the body work and also release the stuff. It just started to kind of take on a life of its own. And uh, obviously when we got shut down by the pandemic, and I began to uh, reevaluate this, this shutdown happened at a certain time in my life too, where I'd been doing this for long enough that I'm like entering into another chapter where maybe I'd like to use my body a little less and start finding ways of engaging with folks. Um, But how do I get to them when we're all operating from our homes? So it just started to take on this like well, there's a, a protocol that, that we can create where we're cleansing the home and the body. How do I get that to them without being able to physically be with them? And that the, the most obvious way I could think of was that clearing of the power centers because we all have them, however we want to refer to them, whether we want to call them chakras or power centers or uh, like glands <laughs> that are just in our actual like the way this stuff lines up, these nexuses of nerves and tissues and the way that that we can actually feel in our bodies when we're releasing things that have importance to us historically or in the immediate and just how those unmade decisions will show up in the body and make it difficult for people to release things. So as I'm trying to put this together, and even think like, what the heck am I talking about here? Like just the Google search just ultimately led me to you <laughs> because you know what I'm talking about. And so I was just like, all right, well, I need to have a conversation with this woman and hear about her journey and how she created that program that she offered and, and how it fits into her life now. I'm muted. Um, it's so awesome I love the way you're combining that and I was excited to to talk with you because I think you're funny (laughs) (laughs) it's true I am loved your loved your uh you know sheet fitted sheet folding so which people if they haven't seen it they ought to go and look at that um thank you but um yeah so um, well, tell me a little bit more about the podcast itself and, you know, what, what, uh, what your vision is for that and how I can support you in that. Well, thank you so much. I just love uh, the exploration of people and their belongings and how we as human beings are like these little magpies that just like we have, we are attracted to shiny little things and we want to feather our nests and and make them cozy spots and that through the accumulation of stuff and and this accumulation has accelerated dramatically over the last several decades um i think with the advent of plastics it probably you know even before then the industrial revolution but somewhere in the last 40 
or 45 years, it seems that we've created this generation of people who feels like their identity exists more in their belongings than in their bodies. And it's a, it can be, it can, it can be such a trap. It can be an actual prison that people create for themselves out of these um, unnecessary attachments to things. And I've always really loved to sit with the notion that all of the answers we seek, we already have. And it's more about peeling away what we've taken on to get down to the truth of what it is that the life that we want for ourselves and um, that we may say we have all of these fantastic dreams and then we can go and actually expend our efforts and our resources accumulating literal roadblocks to those dreams to just sort of keep ourselves from being able to fully embrace our full potential. And so I just want to sit with folks and peel away what is unnecessary from the story that they're telling themselves and everyone else and help them get in line with what they actually want to achieve for themselves in this life. And by the same token in this, during this process, also get really intentional about the legacy that they're leaving behind the story that they're telling with their belongings, because nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, we can hang up from this call and, you know, the, the, the earth can do amazing things with its, uh, with natural disasters, with, with personal tragedies, things can happen that can take us out of this experience so quickly that, that then folks are left reeling with all this stuff on top of the, the processing that we have to do of, um, just valuing our actual connections to one another. So it's, it gets really heavy to me. Like it starts to literally show up in the body. I know it does for me. I know that when I I wake up and I have all these yesterday's unmade decisions facing me down, it starts to literally physically show up in my being. And I don't feel like I get to be as authentic with the story that I'm trying to tell. I get to create all kinds of excuses or reasons why I can't show up today because I'm dealing with the mess that was left yesterday. Mm-hmm. So in my goal uh, of having this conversation with other experts and practitioners is to get people to really consider what they're hanging on to and why and how they may or may not be creating excuses around their relationships to those items. Right. Well, just something that, that um, I'll just mention briefly that came up for me when you were talking about the, um, how much easier it was to help people with their bodies when you had helped them to declutter, um, that I was um, re- recently been um, consuming some information from Denise Lynn. Don't know if you're familiar with her, but um, she began as a feng shui practitioner and she, what she discovered was she could do all the feng shui things in people's homes and it would not work if they had clutter. Right. So now, I mean, she still talks about energy, she talks about energy a lot in feng shui, but now her focus really is on clutter clearing. She has a clutter clearing coaching program, you know. Fantastic. Um, but it was because of this, uh, you know, what in my mind seems like a somewhat similar relationship between the energy, you know, energy in our homes um, and our lives. It's such, and, and that to me reflects even like a deeper, it's, it's a mindset that people have to get into where they're willing to be that intentional in their spaces and, and with their belongings. And I think that that ultimately requires like a presence in the day-to-day that a lot of folks have a hard time with perhaps like that, like getting really, it, it just sometimes seems like it can be so much easier to 
to make those excuses about why you don't have time to tackle this project or, and I think about um, clutter in the home, almost like, uh, like physical fitness in a way of just this sort of like, it's, it's just the excess weight. There was somebody who had written a book several years ago. I think it was before 2000, uh, an Australian gentleman. It's uh, does this clutter make my butt look big? Do you remember that one? And it was like sort of one of the first times that I saw somebody bringing it into like the body, like how this stuff shows up because it's just this sort of um, the mindlessness of consumption can create this, this excess layer that, that we're just, that, that keeps us from really connecting with what our true intention is. And so if you're not dealing with the mindset underneath all of that stuff, like, like personal trainers and nutritionists will say the same thing, sort of, it's like, I can give somebody a, the ideal workout program for them and the perfect diet for their body type. But if they're in their head, still beating themselves up and not giving themselves permission to do things differently, it doesn't matter. Like the body, the mind is so the mind and the body have such an interesting connection that they will do their own thing despite what we're out here in the world saying we want for ourselves. Yeah. Well, the, um, you know, you're, you're talking about the, you know, the mindset and the mind clutter Mm -hmm. that we talk about in my membership program, the mind clutter that sometimes, uh, sometimes we need to eliminate the mind clutter before we can even begin to eliminate the physical clutter and then therefore serve our bodies and our souls. Exactly. Um, And so sometimes we have these decluttering days where we we have an intention setting and then people go off to do their work and then they come back and we have a success check-in as a group. And um, sometimes people will have one intention at the beginning. They'll say, I'm going to work on my papers or my clothes. And then they'll come back at the success check-in and they'll say, I really just had to make a list. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. It's absolutely okay. If Mm -hmm. that is what you need to do, that counts. That is a successful decluttering day. (laughs) Yes, definitely. You have created some mind clutter, set out some action steps for yourself that you can then do on your own. Um, cause it's know, the first step oftentimes applaud, it's the very first step. Um, yeah. I applaud any of that. Right. And I also, um, I think there was something you said that brought this up for me and that is time clutter, mm-hmm. calendar clutter, and it's also interwoven. It's like a, a ball of yarn, uh, that's gotten tangled because <laughs> we, um, Sometimes we will find things that are to do mm-hmm. that are more important. We will keep ourselves so busy yes. that we can't take care of our bodies. We can't declutter. We can't make dinner, whatever. We'll just keep right. ourselves so busy because then looping back to what you said about, I mean, what, the way I interpreted it was slowing down noticing we don't want to do that right most of us we we don't want to do that it's easier to stay busy always be watching television always be listening to the radio rather than actually consider whether we're doing too much my husband recently said to me with much love i think you're over scheduling yourself I, yeah. I, I love to connect. I'm an extrovert and, and he was right. Yeah, he was right. And our lives are so busy. This is the thing that I've had to come to, which, you know, is a little bit sad, but it's best to face it. And, you know, cause I used to, when I used to teach time, time transformation, I used to do courses on it. Um, I would say, look at your calendar, look at the things that bring you joy, look at the things that don't, you know, and then just do the things that bring you joy. Well, here's the point I've gotten to, Kira. I have to let go of some things that bring me joy. 
Oh, it's hard. In it's order so to hard, be sane. Right? In yes. order to be sane. In order yes. to not hurt my body, you know, and not feel stressed. Right. And, and, you know, but it, it, it's a little sad at first. But that then FOMO, right? That, that fear of missing out. <laughs> yeah. Then you recognize there's just too much to do in this world. There's too much in, incredibly good stuff. There's too many wonderful, wonderful opportunities. And if we try to do them all, we will make ourselves sick. Yes, it's true. It's, it's, it is a hard thing to understand and to come to terms with, but I think it's also one of the more liberating things. If you can like, even just take that passion of the idea for what you want to do and just like release it for all the other people that are out there enjoying it. It's just like, I'm so glad that somebody's getting to have a great time doing that thing. I wish I could be there doing. And that sometimes I, I like, I'll, I'll have to remind myself, I get to go do the fun things that other people don't get to do for them. So like, like we can only, and you know what I even use, I'll use that same philosophy for people who might have a belief system that's completely opposite of mine. And that I'm like, okay, well, clearly there's room for us to all believe these things. And I'm so grateful that you're over there holding down that belief. So I don't have to like, thank you. You're doing me a favor. It frees me up to do like to make space in my heart for this thing I care about. So it is though. It's a, uh, it's that when you start to like manage your time and think to yourself, like, like, yeah, I could make time for all these fantastic things, but then you really have to prune them back and just like, okay, what are the three or four fantastic things that I have time for in this week or whatever it is. It's uh, I feel like that. And then the other piece with the time management stuff around the house too, is that I, have to release this sort of perfectionism that says that I'm going to be available for all those things. And only I have the best solution for this problem because it is like, I have to let my family load the dishwasher all higgledy piggledy and walk <laughs> away and not feel like it's my job to come in and edit and, and make more space so that we can actually fit more dishes in there because they see me doing that and they're like, I don't know why I even bother. You're just going to come around and tell, you know, like almost there, not quite. Like, <laughs> so I have to be able to release some of that, you know, like when I see somebody else loading the dishwasher, I'm just like, no, 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 no. And, and then walk away, Kira. <laughs> you don't have to micromanage everybody's efforts all the time. So that is, uh, but, but learning to manage the time component and release myself from all the things I want to do and learning to release that same perfectionism that says, or just even like the, the clutter that we, um, when we say like, like you're saying there, there is something I want to learn about. There is something I want to do. I will sign up for so many different freebie courses of things. And then all of a sudden my inbox is just completely full with right. five times a day, people telling me, do you remember you wanted to learn about this thing? And I have to get really clear about, you know what? I know that this offering and this information is out there for me. I don't have to have it in my possession right now. And in reality, my opportunity to experience that is only going to be um, enhanced or advanced by my releasing it right now and doing the things I need to do now. And then once that's finished, then what I actually want to work on next will come up. You know, when you have clients who have their hobbies scattered around, like I can't put my knitting away because I, I, I'm working on that. Or, you know, I, I, this, I'm in the middle of this project. It's like, okay, well, we're going to put all those projects aside until the clutter is gone. And then we'll come back to the project that you want to work on and you can finish it. But like right now, the decluttering is the project. Yeah. Well, um, this is just one little thing that comes up for me around the projects and, um, you know, Denise Lynn and Karen Kingston, who are two of the people I admire, both say uh, unfinished projects is clutter. And yep. 
So I have to remind myself of that sometimes. I have a couple of unfinished projects in a box in my room right now <laughs> that I pulled yep. out of my closet and I thought, this is not, this is not staying in my closet any longer. I'm gonna take these. Yep. You know, I'm gonna do them while I'm watching television tonight. Good, um, right? But um, projects, one, one thing about projects that you probably already do, but just haven't thought of it as a strategy <laughs> with your clients, is if you get all the projects in one place, uh, one closet or one drawer, depending on the room, <laughs> depending on the volume right. of projects, then if it snows, you're, sn you're stuck, then you can go and you can say, ooh, that's what I wanna work on today. And you get can- Get something out of the project way. closet. Yeah, and then you can look at the whole, you can also look at the whole, it can be a project to look at the projects and say, of all of these 12 projects, which is going to bring me the most joy? Which, which do I really, which am I really likely to make time to do? And then right. put it on your scheduler, on your calendar. Right. Um, so anyway, well, that also like that takes us into that uh, sunk cost fallacy, right? That that there people will think like, well, I got halfway into that. I need to finish it or else. What does it say for the effort that I put into it already? But how much how much it can be freeing for us sometimes to just say, you know what? I gave it my best shot and I'm probably not going to finish that one. I can let it go. Yeah. And how liberating that can be to just sort of get clear then on like, what are the projects worth finishing? And what are the ones that I can let myself off the hook for that one? We can just yeah. like wrap it up and be done with it. And, and that is such a freeing thing that I think a lot of people won't give themselves permission to do. They're like waiting for somebody to be like, you know, it's okay. You don't, you can just put that yarn away you don't have to finish that sweater or it's like it can be a project that didn't happen you can let it go well what will come up for my clients and i'm just curious to know whether your um you know clutter clearing clients are similar i imagine they are um i work with a lot of people who are very environmentally conscious mm -hmm. and they're, they're they may be willing to let it go as long as it goes to the perfect place. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you're going into this one because it is. So what do you do with that? Well, I do my best to help them find a place. And I have a really actually a very long list of resources on my website of yep. you know, odds and ends, like where to get rid of guitar strings, for example. <laughs> right. But, um, and um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll answer that too in a story of my own. Uh, prior to being a professional home organizer, I had some clothes that I had bought on a trip to Scotland. And they were wool, you know, I loved them when I bought them, wore them a little bit to work when I had a corporate job. And then, you know, they weren't my style anymore. I stuck them up in the attic um, because I was going to take them to suited for change. That's yeah. where they needed to go. That was, that was the only place they need, they were going to go was suited for change down in DC. I never got there. I never got there. And I would look up in that closet <laughs> and I'd go, I don't feel like going there now. And right. so ultimately I just had to say, I'm taking them to a thrift store. I'm trusting the universe. Yeah. To get them to whoever, I, I'm going to trust that they can get to whoever needs them without me being the conduit for that. Right. And I think if you let go of things with that intention, yes, I'm going to get them to the best place I can, the place I can get it to as quickly as possible, because as I'm sure you know, we don't free up our energy until the stuff is gone. All the way gone, out of the all trunk the of your gone. car, all the way gone, <laughs> out of the basement, yeah. away from the side yard. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> yes, because this is the other thing is I can't even tell you how many times I've put something aside in order to 
donate it somewhere specifically mm -hmm. and then the elements or the critters or somebody will make an executive decision like you know the cat decides that that's the perfect place to leave a present or that it like the the flood water seeps into the basement and gets the corner of the box wet all these things that then eventually some executive decision is made for me and it's not it's no longer worthy of donating and it yes. ends up just having to go on the landfill yes. and so i i'm with you i definitely have like obviously that's i think probably what wound up leading me to you is the fact that our communities do have some sort of overlap because that's a i also have to admit that i've played that game of uh on facebook seeing not how many mutual friends we have but how many mutual friends our friends have in common you know that sort of the like oh like you have friends that have like 15 people in common with me and i'm like okay this is really fascinating so and all of that is in that same community that you're talking about that's very environmentally conscious because mm -hmm. it's been the the path that i've traveled for a long period of time and that there's so i allow myself i give myself the grace to go to the actual dump like maybe once every six months if there's something that I absolutely cannot get rid of every any other way. <clears throat> but when I did, I had I saw a clip that had come up on YouTube of a refrigerator going into one of the grinding machines that they do. They just completely shred up couches, like huge things that you think. Oh, that's just going to go on the landfill. And I watched how they packed that into a teeny, 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 tiny little square. And it just, I mean, it's still painful and like slightly horrifying to watch. And it made me feel a little bit better that like when you get to the landfill and you realize that whatever your offering is, it's just such a minuscule amount of what's on that pile and i don't want to ever add to it but when i realize like oh it's not my thing that's going to be like it's releasing it to the universe knowing that those big steel jaws are hungry for that appliance that is not functional any longer and it's it's as horrifying as it is i feel like again with being a child of this universe we kind of have to say this is part of what it means to be born during this time and there is an impact that I'm leaving and I can do everything in my power to minimize that impact. But I have to also release myself from the guilt of feeling responsible for every single plastic six pack ring that winds up in the ocean because I didn't do all of those. Yeah. Um, I, uh, think that we we can't talk about that without <laughs> touching on consumption yes and i think that if we want to not only be kind to mother earth but be kind to ourselves not put ourselves through that agony of oh my gosh i paid good money for this and now i'm throwing it away and now it's ruined and i feel terrible about that um if i think the most compelling thing we can do to declutter our lives and and feel less guilty is to consume less yes and mindfully yeah less and, it's and so mindfully. hard it's so hard yeah. kira i mean i am a sucker for a bargain Sure. <laughs> so, if I see something on sale, <laughs> and I have started to look at the labels and you know to look at where it's from, and that can influence my decision. Yeah, you know where it came from can influence my decision uh, to not buy it, even yes. though it could be useful and sure. it's only a dollar. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yes. Yeah, that, but that mindfulness component, I think even taking it into not just consuming for ourselves, but I, I have this uh, 
there is a gap in our, our children. We have our, our it's, and we're entering into birthday season. So everybody's about to level up. So I will have a 14 year old, a tw- I'm sorry, a 15 year old, a 12 year old. And then we had a little break and then we had Sam, the baby, he'll be six. Um, and over the course of the last couple of years, especially because of the pandemic and the way that we were all living inside of our homes, um, we were able to be a lot more intentional even around our holidays and our consumption around that. And I realized that like, you know, when we're talking about sharing the magic of the holiday season, the older two are like, yeah, whatever. Like, am I going to get the gaming computer that I want? Or I just want a trip to New York city or whatever it is. Like I just, and I'm like, well, you realize that's, you, it's hard to put, you can't put a computer in a stocking <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, or, you know, like that plane ticket, like, so we're going to have to, that just means you guys are getting a lot less. So it's going to be all about your brother. And then I'm thinking he doesn't have any awareness of expectation other than the one we provide for him. So why do I feel like I kind of went overboard with the first two every year for everything. And I was like, he doesn't know. I want the baby doesn't know. I went overboard for the older two and we can just kind of recalibrate our expectations of the holidays. And even with that, like the, when I'm telling the relatives, like we don't need items in the home. My kids don't need anything. They don't need for anything. So if you want to contribute to an experiment, an experience, you know, or something that is consumable that we can enjoy and be done with. But even when we're thinking about gathering with, with people that we care about, it's always got to be around the consumption of something it's like what are we gonna eat or drink or go do this thing and it's just when we can start to hone in on our actual connections and just like maybe take the people that we care about for a walk or to go enjoy some total change of scenery or something that is so rewarding and fulfilling and does not it's so much a better use of our resources to consider you know as things open up and we have more freedoms to explore not just our own country but other countries like let's let's think about where we're putting the the resources yeah 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 and i do hope and I know that the pandemic has had many, many negative consequences for many people. And I certainly don't want to, you know, uh, minimize that. And I, I have seen some very positive outcomes. You know, the environment got better. <laughs> the ozone layer got better. Almost immediately. People, people started walking more. Right. Um, people you know started reading more um so i hope that we can uh take those gifts of that very un, you know a gift in strange packaging as one of my yeah. friends likes to say yeah um that those gifts of of having to slow down i mean some people didn't have an opportunity to slow down some people had to hustle even more because their chip, they had to basically homeschool their children. Right. <laughs> but True. for those of us who were able to slow down, who didn't go out as much, um, I want to cherish that and carry that forward. Right. And then take the way that you've been able to assimilate that and share it with other people who haven't had a chance to get there yet, you know, cause that is, I think part of the, the beauty of this experience and the way we like, some people are always going to be hustling at different times, but it's like, even with the great pause of whatever closure happened, we can't just continue to inhale and consume and just suck it all in mindlessly. There has to be that pause. And then the gradual exhalation. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening now is that it's just like, okay, we're coming back in. Because one of the things that I noticed is that 
being home with three kids during all of this and, and having, I mean, it wasn't necessarily just the, the unease of insecurity of what the future looks like. They're all of our basic needs were met, but I found myself taking any uh, stimulus or any added um, resources and like getting a deep freeze and filling it with all of the things that could keep my family fed if something happened. And then, you know, get making sure we had plenty of water because Portland, even though we don't ever, we may occasionally feel a tremor. We have news outlets that love to remind us that we are the next big one and that everything west of I-5 is just going to go sliding into the Pacific ocean. So get ready. And we're on the east side of I-5. So I'm like, okay, I just need to make sure I have all my stuff settled but even that there's like this um that underlying prepper fear of what could or couldn't happen that is that that I think that kind of got stoked a lot during those those months those extended months and what I found is that after a certain point when we figured out that we're all still here and we're going to have to continue to negotiate this reality I am the dust began to settle on the cans in my basement and there was a film that was coming on to all of this excess that I had accumulated and that goes against my I'm like no dust shall settle in this home like we got (laughs) it so I realized like I can stop buying stuff for a while like I can stop we can eat out this six month store of food and replenish slowly because if something if there is a real tragedy that happens and we all have to flee our homes I'm not using valuable space to pack up cans and cans of tomatoes and beans and ramen like we're we're on the run like it's just so it's just this sort of like even if you were to entertain that prepper fantasy it only works with this very specific set of conditions and we can't we can't prescribe those we can't we don't know what those are gonna be like so I just think there's something to be said for allowing yourself to live mindfully and in the moment and without the need to hang on to all the extra you're just sort of like creating a fear-based future for yourself that is not necessary it's not going to serve you yeah and I, I, uh, my grandmother raised 12 children during the depression. And, you know, we do have these ancestral <laughs> beliefs and, uh, you know, still, still wash the tin foil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it. it, fold it up. Save it, reuse it. Um, so there's a lot of things just, that's just to say that, you know, there are a lot of beliefs that have filtered into our consciousness. They're, you know, cultural, ancestral, uh, you know, the way our, the way my mom did it, this is the way my mom did it. So that's just the way you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think again, it comes back to mindfulness why why do I do that that way and why do I feel the need to have three big pots when I don't can (laughs) right right Right. and and also stages of life yes stages of life there are things that you know you you having the six you said he's six yes he's almost six yeah, so you're you're not that far away from that stage of uh, needing, you know, lots of little clothes that they grow out of, right? Um, and you know, we we have clients who still have those things. Right. Kids are grown, kids are in college, they still have those things, you know, because maybe their grandchildren will need them. Right. They may not have grandchildren. I may not exactly. Exactly. And you know what, this is something that I found with the, because we weren't expecting number three, I had gotten rid of absolutely everything from number two. 
And when number three came along and was such a surprise, I was in such shock that I really didn't do anything to prepare. Cause I was like, I've done this two times before I know what to expect. I'm just going to strap them to me and get <laughs> through the day. It's going to be fine. But because there are so many resources now, even just for like Facebook marketplace or buy nothing groups, or even your own network of, of your community. Like I literally had people showing up with grocery, like uh, garbage bags full of baby clothes for me. And in fact, I had people return to me the baby clothes from <laughs> my second one that they had worked through their children and given me theirs. And then I was able to receive a bunch from a friend and hang on to them. And by the time I was finished with them, she was pregnant with her second and I could give her back all of her baby's clothes that were still ready to be worn and wonderful that had gently used by my family. And, and so it's just like being able to even cycle, knowing that your community has loved those same items and that they've gone back through. And when your kids are, I, mean, I know that, that folks want to dress their babies in all of their special, unique individual outfits that are worn only once and tossed to the side. But there are so many of those out there that, that, that will really, if, if somebody knows that you are in a situation where you're expecting and ready to receive, I mean, gosh, the, the world is full of gently used garments that will make their way to you. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say that's, you know, we don't necessarily need to hold on to them for that eventuality. <laughs> no, we don't. Like, that's what I felt. It felt so nice by the time I got that bin of clothing back to realize that it had cycled through two or three other kids. And like, they're still, you know, like, it's like, oh, I remember when you wore this and then so-and-so wore it and so-and-so. Or when the Facebook memories show up and I, I'm like, I recognize that onesie. Like they, that these friends have all passed the clothes through the little community. It's sweet. But yes, I believe the only items that I own are that belong to my children were two hand knit sweaters from a great grandma. And I think my christening dress that got handed down through, but nothing else. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> I don't know why that brings this up, but I was lucky enough to um, have a wedding dress from a friend and then I was able to give it back to her. Um, <laughs> I made a few little things. I changed, the, you know, I put some little roses on buttons and whatnot, but right. um, so I didn't have to struggle with what do I do with this wedding dress? No, you just got to <laughs> borrow it and return it, right? That's awesome. Yeah, not everybody can fit into their friend's wedding dress but <laughs> no I'm such a big fan of just I mean so much of what we think we need is it's it's just such a, a temporary fix anyway or like what's the point and I didn't you know I I don't have my what I didn't I got married in a in a skirt in a bustier I kept the bustier but <laughs> the skirt is long gone yeah, it's a, I think that you can still have a wonderful marriage and life without having uh, your wedding dress wrapped in plastic in the back of a closet. Yeah, there people out here in Colorado are doing, you know, like destination, I mean, not destination sure. going to Greece, but destination like go to the top of a mountain. Right. And, and, you know, in Colorado, you don't even have to have an officiant you oh, yeah, wow. just do your own wedding <laughs> nice to know i had no idea <laughs> just fun facts <laughs> that's great you know, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah right i'll go renew my vows there <laughs> that's awesome well what other thoughts do you have or shall we just well i have up? a couple more questions for you because these are the two that i see people struggling with the most and I think, although we have touched on, I think we have similar approaches. When you see somebody say, I have absolutely no idea where to begin. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What do you tell them? Well, depending on the person, um, 
I mean, the, the, the flip answer is just start anywhere right. and that will work. That will work. That will break the log jam. But really, um, I, I say, what is bothering you the most? Right. Or what would bring you the most joy to transform? So those, those two opposites. And yeah. um, start with things that you're not so attached to. Yeah. Start with the easy things, not the memorabilia. Um, you know, start like in the kitchen or in the bathroom, you know, because there's going to be expired medications in the bathroom for most people. And that's going to be easy. And there's going to be those, that extra plastic with no lids that you can get right. rid of in the kitchen. And it, and like you were using the example of fitness earlier, you build those decluttering muscles. Yes. You go, Oh, that's not so hard. And I could do a little bit more of it. And I also um, encourage people to have a clear intention for what they're doing, what, you know, why I'm doing this. I'm doing this in, I'm, I'm working in my kitchen because I want to be able to find things more easily, be able to cook more easily. Um, the kitchen in feng shui is also uh, because of the fire is also abundance. Mm -hmm. So if you think as you're clearing your kitchen, ooh, what if I am, I, I am also creating abundance in my life by, That's and I have to make space for it. Yeah. And then of course the places where you spend the most time, you know, Fantastic. start there and common areas mm -hmm. because then it serves more than just you. I mean, there's so many different answers to that question and really it just, you know, depends on the individual, but. Well, that's what I love about what you're saying too, because it's one of those things too, where the journey of decluttering, I tend to get really frustrated when I hear an organizing professional say, it's the last system you'll ever need. Like this is, I'm going to show you one and done. You're never going to have to worry about this again. Or to say like, I found the method that's going to deal with absolutely any space. And it's like, you can't, I, I know enough to know, and I've worked with enough different personality types to know that, nope, that's actually not the way to work. And so I love to connect with and consume as many different approaches as possible so that I just have, I'm like, what works for me is not going to work for somebody else. But I like to know that I can just transmute whatever information is out there into a format that's going to be more accessible for them and meet them wherever they're at. Right. But it, it means being willing to sit down and have these conversations with other people who have different approaches and hear how they are doing things. And then the other thing I wanted to say, because I appreciate everything you said, I love, I do. I think that starting in the bathroom is where I usually do. And that's just because it's where the elimination happens. So you're like moving things through first yeah. and just like clearing it out from that area. Um, and then also the kitchen, obviously, because I feel like if you can nourish yourself and cleanse yourself, then it makes the rest of it a lot easier. Like if you can at least like, prepare yourself a meal, clean up from that meal and clean yourself and you can deal with the rest of the house bit by bit. But those, those places are huge in dealing with on a regular, with consistency. But the other thing I wanted to ask you is uh, when you're looking at uh, the generations moving forward and creating a space, I, like I, I'm, I love the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, mm -hmm. that approach. And it's something that Americans cannot handle uh, putting death in any, you're not going to sell me anything with death in the title. Like they're not, they don't want to hear about it. And they especially don't like this idea that you're trying to make them get rid of all their stuff before they die so that nobody else has to deal with it. Cause that's not the point either. It's this sort of like the intentional curating of the space so that there's a this beautiful story of your impact and and not like what in the heck are we supposed to do with all this stuff mm -hmm. so I have found a lot of pushback 
when I'm talking to my parents' generation or people beyond about um, what it, a lot of people who have maybe been born into or or even lived through the depression or uh, and and are is there anything and and ultimately I guess what I'm coming back to is that like we know that our time here is so limited that folks should be able to appreciate their sanctuary however they can. Right. And not, nobody's trying to take anything away from anybody. Right. And do you have any insights, anything to add to that? Well, um, what was coming up for me was if you're not happy with your situation, try doing the opposite of what you have been doing. So, and that can manifest in many different ways, but um, if, if what you have been doing, for example, uh, in order to make decisions about your papers is to pick up each and every piece of paper and you know, that those so many decisions, so many decisions, it will tire you in half an hour, right? Right. Um, so one, one tool that I like to use to, that I think eliminates some of the um, mind fatigue is to uh, establish criteria. Mm-hmm. And so by that, I mean, let's say if we're talking about papers, bank statements from for this many years i'm going to keep investment statements for this many years and of course consult consult your legal counsel and your financial consultants about that don't ask here i to tell you no (laughs) but um you know get get your resources in line and and then you can have someone help you right if you have written criteria a, a family member a professional home organizer you know, anyone who's willing to help can come in and go, oh yeah, well, I can help you get rid of those alumni magazines. Right. You know, if if it's from a certain year and, you know, you can have different criteria for different kinds of things. But I first developed this system with a a, a gentleman who had a lot of actually of alumni magazines. He had a lot of magazines, a lot of papers, lots and lots and lots of papers, lots, lots. (laughs) And So in order for me to bring in another organizer to help me and in order for him to be able to work on it when I wasn't there, together we established this criteria. I love that. Yeah, when when you've just sort of like created the executive decision is made with this right. Yeah, criteria. It is, it's very helpful. Well, I love that. Oh my gosh. I just thank you so much for sitting sure. and talking to me. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you're, you're so cute. I had messaged you that I was watching one of your videos and my husband's like, she seems so sweet. She's so sweet. And you were like, Oh, I bet he's sweet too. He was like, tell her I'm not, I'm not sweet. I'm like, <laughs> but it was, it's so funny. It's just, you are, I love your, I love your energy. I love your approach. And I just, I'm so grateful for the time to sit and talk with another like-minded soul about how we approach all this stuff. Because one thing I'm noticing is that this conversation about uh, getting rid of what's not necessary, it's not going away. It's not going away. It's if anything, there are so many more avenues of discussion where this is, you know, we're beginning to realize the stuff does come on in layers. It comes off in layers and I just love talking about it. Yeah. So thank you. It's been lots of fun. Yay. Well, fantastic. Yay. Okay. So where can people find you? Well, um, I'm pretty active on social. You can certainly find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Pinterest. And my website should be back up. My website's had a little vacation and it will we be all there. it's probably earned it it, yeah, it was an unplanned vacation but <laughs> it should be back up um, within the next couple of days and that is clutterfreenow.com but um, i'm pretty easy to find you can google me and find me pretty pretty readily 
Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today, Pam. I'm so happy to have had this opportunity to talk to you. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. Let me turn this off. There we go. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and hanging out with me and Pam. I'll tell you some of the things I really appreciated from that conversation, some of the takeaways that I had from her were that, well, number one, first off, she had put this offer out there of like cleansing the home through the chakras and that like years ago that she had just like left by the wayside. She thought that it didn't resonate with anyone. And here I am all these years later that finding her offering, uh, well, it did two things for me. It showed me, first of all, that this idea that is percolating, even if I think it's maybe either A, too niche or B, too obvious, I had to look hard to find anybody else who was doing anything close to what I wanted to do. And on the, on the other hand, here's Pam thinking that nobody else resonated with what it was that she was doing. And I just love that I found her because it just, it goes to show you that like you can plant a seed and walk away and never realize that like so many years later, someone is being nourished by the fruit of that plant. I think that's pretty awesome. And I really appreciated going over a lot of her uh, points and, and the way that she approaches clients. I just felt like she just has such a gentle, compassionate, kind nature about her. But I really appreciated um, her ideas around just like whatever it is that you're doing, maybe try the opposite. I mean, it's so obvious, but it's also really like, you know, something to consider. Like how and if you can't imagine doing the opposite, then it kind of gives you an indicator of how how married you are and how committed you are to the way you're doing things. And there's always that thing to consider, right? If we're doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. What do they call that? I think we know, right? I really liked her compassion in dealing with uh, figuring out how to set up criteria with tricky clients and dealing with things that might be a little more sensitive. Um, but that idea that if you can speak with a client around or if you yourself are employing assistance or looking for someone to come in and help you, if you can be really clear with your criteria and just tell people, touch this, don't touch this, we're only going for this, whatever, it makes it really easy for people to show up and, and, and help you out. So even if things start to feel overwhelming, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid. It doesn't have to be a professional. Maybe there's someone in your community or someone in your family or someone in your friend group that could really use the same sort of support or maybe even a different type of support, but they could offer you this support in exchange for that support. So that was something else that Pam and I were talking about was just that on the other end of getting rid of things, really the best way to get rid of things is just not to get them in the first place. So really consider, do you need it? I mean, yes, it might bring you immediate joy, but is it something that's going to pay its rent in your world? Is it going to is it going to compensate you for the valuable real estate it's taking up in your experience? Oh, I could go on forever, but let's save a little bit for the next episode, shall we? Thanks again so much for hanging out and uh Check out the show notes for more information on Pam and where to find her and where to find me. And feel free to leave me a message or ask a question. Or if you have a story about your stuff that, or if any of these episodes resonate with you, I want to hear about it. You can find me on Facebook at What's Up With Your Stuff, uh, and you'll find the the podcast page there. Give us a give us a little. Hello, check in. I can't wait to uh, hear more about your stuff. Have a great day. 
Hey, I also said I would tell you what this podcast is not going to be. This podcast is not going to be a place where we judge people for what they hang on to or how long it takes them to let go of the things that they may be dragging around with them from spot to spot in their experience. This podcast is not going to be fancy. This podcast is not going to be very well edited. This podcast is going to be messy magic. Me throwing it out there and sharing with you the stuff that I just can't keep to myself anymore. So thanks so much. We're all ultimately just walking each other home. So thanks for joining me on this journey. And if you're enjoying, please follow along. Please leave a review. Find me wherever you're getting your podcasts. And take care. And thank you so much for being here. Anything else you need to know, you'll probably find in the show notes. If not, drop me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Have a great day, you guys. Thanks for joining me. What's up with your stuff?